one of the most common ways to affect a recovery of losses against a corporation is to do what's called pierce the corporate veil. What that means is to prove that the corporation really doesn't exist as a protective entity for the principles of the company. So if let's say you sue a corporation and they don't have assets or they hide their assets, you can't directly just take the money from the owners of the corporation. However, there is an alternate process to piercing the corporate veil because that's a very difficult legal bar to cross. We've seen in many cases where we've done an investigation and shown that the corporate officers have done things, let's say, to commingle funds or to use the corporation as their own personal piggy bank. But even then, the court sometimes does not allow recovery of assets from the officers or directors. But there's an interesting legal theory that can be used by your attorney, make your good legal advice, don't take our word for it, where if you can show fraud or that the employee or the officer or somebody within that entity participated in a fraud, then you can hold that person liable even without dissolving that corporate bond or piercing the corporate veil. Here's a great article from an attorney named Kevin Schlosser, and he pulls up a case decided in 2022, a corporate officer who participates in the commission of a tort or fraud may be held individually liable regardless of whether the corporate veil has been pierced. So this is interesting. If, let's say, a corporation defrauded you or you have a judgment against a corporation for a loss and you're trying to collect on that judgment or you're trying to recover funds from that corporation, instead of going through the more difficult process of trying to prove that the corporation really doesn't exist as a legal entity because the principals or the officers or directors just used it as their own personal um, vehicle for activity, you can do something different. Use the legal theory of showing that that officer or employee or the director participated in the activity that caused your loss. So basically they become a co-defendant or a co-conspirator. It's a little bit of an overstatement of terms, but it's something that can be an alternate method of getting money directly from a person rather than from the corporation, which is easy to hide. Now, what you're gonna to need to do this is first of all, good legal representation to make sure that your attorney can pursue this legal theory and they can give you good advice on how to do that. Number two, you're gonna need an investigation which provides evidence that somebody engaged in fraudulent or torturous conduct, tortious conduct. And if they intentionally caused the damage by their activity, you don't necessarily have to prove that that corporation is ineligible for protection protecting of the officers, right? That's the legal theory that somebody would use. Uh, in this case, the plaintiff stated a claim for fraudulent inducement, meaning that the defendant represented something that was false. So think about it. If you're a contractor, let's say of a corporation, and that's the reason for suing them, whatever the activity is that caused your loss, you wanna connect an individual person to that activity. And that can come from voicemails, emails, documents, maybe witness interviews. And those are the kind of things that can be documented evidence 
that you can present to the court, again, using proper legal representation to prove that this third party, because really, even though somebody's an employee or an officer, they are a third party to the corporation, is equally liable for your loss. And sometimes this can happen during the uh, litigation phase. Sometimes it can happen during the uh, asset recovery phase. But the first thing you have to do is you have to have the evidence that proves this is true. And sometimes, you know, clients ask us, should you, uh, get, you do this before you hire an attorney or when you hire an attorney? There's two schools of thought. If you hire an attorney who's working on your case and then make sure their legal theory is in the same direction and then do the investigation, that might work. Sometimes an attorney might not even take your case or pursue a theory until you have the evidence. So we've had many clients that said, look, I'm just going to do an investigation, get the evidence that proves my point, then go to an attorney. Because, you know, you may, as a client, have discovered that it's not always easy to get an attorney to take your case or to pursue an avenue of litigation that you wish to have happen. Attorneys have their own theories or their own perspectives or their own opinions about how to run a case. And unless you can show them evidence that maybe provides a different avenue, sometimes they're just going to run it their way. And there's nothing wrong with that. Every attorney has their own kind of practice area that they work within. So sometimes helping them see the picture that you're describing is helpful. Because here's the thing, your story of your loss or your damage or your litigation is something you know very well. You know what happened in your case. You know how the the defendant cost you money or they damaged you or what's owed to you. You know what you deserve to have. The attorney doesn't know your story. You've lived it for months or years in most cases. The attorney is only going to hear a 10 or 15 minute description from you of what you claim your losses to be. And you have to remember, attorneys can be a little bit jaded because they hear the same story over and over from people that say they have a loss. And in reality, many times, probably half the time, the potential client really doesn't have a case. There's really no legal basis for them to make the claim. So they're gonna go into this conversation with skepticism. So you just telling your story verbally, many times, doesn't convince the attorney to take your case. And you might think, well, I'm paying them money, so of course they're going to take my case. Well, attorneys have plenty of work. It's not like they need more cases in most instances. And if they do, they're going to pick and choose which ones are going to be not necessarily more profitable, but also more doable for their firm to handle. So sometimes if you come armed with evidence, with an investigative report, with proof of what your story is, rather than just verbal, it's more likely the attorney not only is going to take your case, but may also pursue the legal theory that you're suggesting. So this alternate, easier way to get a corporate officer to be liable might be something that is cheaper because it takes less hours of build time to prosecute the case and also has a lower bar to prove. If you can just show, look, this employee, here's the email, he told me to send money, for this contract and it was fake, that's different than having to go through and prove that this corporation is operating in a way that is not a true defensive entity. And sometimes you can't prove that anyways. Sometimes a corporation is perfectly in good standing. There's nothing you can do to prove that that corporation is not a viable entity. You cannot pierce the corporate veil. But 
if you can show that the employee, officer, director, executive, whoever it is, was part of the activity that caused your loss, they may become liable even if the entity remains intact. So consider that legal theory. Hats off to this attorney, Kevin Schlosser. Here's his uh, firm. Uh, this is a very good legal approach to having claims, losses, judgments be more widely recoverable from really what's a third party, but they're related to the entity that owes you money.